Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to Date Yourself Radio. I'm your host, Veronica Grant, and I'm a green smoothie enthusiast, a radical self-care advocate, and a dating mindset coach for ambitious women looking for a deep and meaningful romantic partnership. Each week, you'll hear me answer a frequently asked question from this community, interview experts in the field, or work directly with the caller as I coach them through a dating or relationship obstacle they're facing. I give practical advice and tangible action that you can apply to your own life so you can learn how to treat yourself the way you want to be treated and get into the relationship you desire and deserve. Let's get started. Hello and welcome to episode 16 of Date Yourself Radio. Today on the show, I have Linda Ugalo with me. Linda and I actually met about a year ago, and she has truly been instrumental in my business as a friend and mentor. Linda is a business mindset mentor and a dancer slash performer. She helps women entrepreneurs like me find confidence and joy connecting with their audience on camera and stage. So whether we're talking about being in front of the camera, being behind the mic, talking to a large group of people, or being on a first date, you're going to be more successful and have more fun doing it if you feel confident in your body. A year ago, I would balk even at the thought of doing video or talking into a mic. And now here I am doing monthly webinars, sharing videos with my community, and hosting this podcast. And today she's going to share the exact tools and techniques she gives to her clients as well as me so you can also feel more comfortable going on dates, putting yourself out there, and even going to networking events, meetups, and happy hours. So as we listen into this episode, consider these questions. When you have a date with someone who seems like they could be Mr. Right or just seems so perfect for you, does your mind automatically go into am I good enough mode? Do you worry if you're pretty enough, smart enough, successful enough, skinny enough? Are the critics in your head that, t- that are telling you you're not good enough? Whose voices are they really? Are they your moms, your teachers, an old boyfriend perhaps? And finally, how do you handle rejection? Does it bounce off you like rubber or stick to you like super glue as the saying goes? 
Leaning into the space of true body acceptance, worthiness, and confidence isn't easy. Trust me, I know. That's why this episode couldn't have come at a better time because my Date Yourself Challenge is right around the corner. The Date Yourself Challenge is just as it sounds. It's a 10-day fun online challenge to help you date yourself so you can begin to feel more comfortable in your own skin, start being the person you want to be for someone else, for yourself, and learn how to love yourself more fully and deeply. Because the truth is, if you can't love yourself and be with just yourself, you can't expect anyone else to either. The fun starts May 13th, and it's totally free. To join us, head over to veronicagrant.com forward slash date yourself challenge. And by far, the best part about this challenge is the private Facebook community. This is where you can share the dates that you're having with yourself with the other women in the group who are also going through the same process. So they totally get where you are and what you're doing. And the best part about this group is that it has organically uh, stayed alive throughout the year, even when we're not running the challenge live. It's just continuously year round a a group of women where you can get support around dating, relationships, and loving yourself better. So again, the link to join us is veronicagrant.com forward slash date yourself challenge. And that's all smushed into one word. And you can also get that link plus all the other resources we mentioned in the show. And Linda has a lot of really great resources for you over at the show notes, which is at veronicagrant.com forward slash episode 16. And that's the number 16. All right, let's get on with the episode. Hello, Linda. Welcome to the show. I am so, so thrilled to be chatting with you today. Veronica, I am really excited to be here too. Good, good. Well, let's start. Um, So I know you pretty well, um, but can you share with the listeners today just a little bit about you? Like, what's your story and how do you help people? Well, how I help people, what my focus is right now is helping people get comfortable inside their bodies, Mm -hmm. whether it's how to find ease and flow in their work, or more specifically, I'm focusing on helping people to feel natural and comfortable in front of the camera, whether it's having photos taken of you or being on video or standing in front of your audience or talking to people at like a networking event. Or in this case, maybe a date. <laughs> um, I love that. And obviously why I brought you onto, uh, onto the show today. And as you all know, I mentioned in the introduction um, that Linda has helped me feel more comfortable on video. So if you're inside my boot camp or a private client, you've probably seen some video messages um, that I've sent you or webinars. And none of that was going on before I started working with Linda. So she knows her stuff. So I can't wait for her to share all of her Nuggets of wisdom. So let's talk about first, how did you, how did you get to that? How did you start helping people, um, you know, feel more comfortable in their bodies being in front of people? Well, I've been a movement specialist all my life, really. So I started dance as a young child, probably mm-hmm. three. And I wasn't much of a talker at that point. I had a speech impediment and I was just really spacey. And everyone called me a space cadet, but I did love to express myself through movement. And as I matured and I went to college, I, I got very interested in using movement as a healing modality. And I got a master's degree in expressive therapies. And I never worked clinically. I wanted to work with, you know, like the average person 
and helping them feel more at ease and comfortable in their bodies and enjoying what it was to move to music and in, and also to tune into oneself so that you feel more present in whatever you're doing. And let's see, how did that translate to working with entrepreneurs? I, at some point recently, several years ago, I decided to join the online space and I wasn't really sure what I wanted to do, Mm -hmm. but I felt like it was, I just had this intuitive hit that this was a place for me to express more of what I was meant to do during my lifetime to have an impact on people. I didn't really feel like I could um, reach the, I live in the suburbs and it's not necessarily the community that I felt like would really respond to what I wanted to do, but the entrepreneurial world seemed very open, eager and needing this kind of work. So, so um, it wasn't really until maybe a year and a half ago that this particular direction became evident to me as a way that I could really significantly help people achieve what they were looking to achieve and that I actually had those tools to give them through all, you know, the history of my work. And I've also been a performer for 35 years and I've sung and danced and spoken from stage all, you know, nationally in the U.S. and also abroad on four different tours. So I have all that performing experience and Mm -hmm. that, you know, from starting off in my 20s and feeling kind of awkward and, you know, stage frightened. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and mm-hmm. and it's, it's interesting because even with the dance, which was like my home base, mm-hmm. I felt very um, inhibited, you know, to be seen or just very self-conscious until I learned how to uh, shift my attention, really. And kind of build a sense of inner presence that allowed me to feel completely at ease being seen. Hmm. And, and then I was able from that point on till now or in the last several years to broaden that or generalize that experience to also speaking, not just dan- uh, dancing, but speaking. And now, funny enough, even though I've been singing with this group for 35 years, I've also been carrying a lot of inhibitions around that. And now I'm able to like coach myself, quote unquote, in becoming more, you know, easeful with my singing as well, which is a real joy because I've been taking voice lessons for 35 years. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So I want to pause there for a second because you you got into something that we talked about offline earlier, which is um, replacing self-consciousness with self-awareness. And so I just want... Um, to share a little bit about like what that looks like, what that means, because I think that might be something that women can definitely embrace when they're going on dates, whether it's the first date or early on in a relationship or even going to some sort of like networking or meetup event. Um, so you can talk a little bit about that. Yeah, as- absolutely. That's that's really key, because what happens when we self-consciousness is all about looking for approval externally Mm -hmm. 
We're looking to make sure that we're okay, that we are, you know, lovable, likable, that we're valuable, that we're worthy. And we're, we're placing the key of that in someone else's pocket, so to speak. You know, we're waiting to hear from others that we are okay. Whereas self-awareness kind of turns it around and it presupposes that just by being here, we are all those things. We can totally just relax. A child, when you look at a, a young child, they don't worry about that. They know it. They are in it. They, they know that they're adorable, lovable, likable you know, if they're in a healthy home, of course, but that's how we come into the world. And then slowly it gets worn away. So going from self-consciousness to self-awareness is about reclaiming your inner authority, your inner knowing. And the way you do that is very simple. It's all about feeling inside yourself with your sensations, with your emotions, and just feeling your body. It's as simple as that. And it's vaster than that, but it's as simple as that. So for instance, like here I am on this podcast, but I also have a sense of feeling my feet where they are, where I have, I'm sitting with crossed legs. So I feel my legs crossed. I feel how I'm seated on my chair. I feel my breath flowing in and out as I speak and I I feel my gestures in my body and not just that I'm aware of them, but I'm enjoying them. So it's this sense of being in your body and enjoying that feeling of being bodyful, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> and when your attention, because our brains work in a particular way, which is that they only hold certain things in its attention at one time, you can only hold, I don't know, maybe it's three things. Mm-hmm. So, So if you are feeling your body and if you're enjoying the sound of your voice or you're feeling the energy of, you know, from your body, you feel like the energy of the space that you're in, including the people that you're with, like just feeling what the vibe is, that takes up all of your your mental cognition, so to speak. And then also listening and, you know, understanding or formulating your words. So that there's no space for worrying about what the other person feels. But it's not just not giving space to it. It's also choosing not to give space to it. And Mm -hmm. just presupposing with our, you know, choosing the perspective of, of course, I'm likable. Of course, I'm attractive. Of course, I am worthy. And I am bringing myself in my full awareness of my, you know, living bodied experience to this situation, to this meeting, this encounter, and let's enjoy it. I love that. Um, And it reminds me of this concept that I learned back when I was doing, um, when I was a health coach and in that world of, you know, the way you stop eating, um, the way you stop eating, uh, you know, donuts or sugar is not just not eat it, but crowd it out with other things. And so I just see a parallel of, you know, not, not being worried or thinking about the what ifs or the shoulda, woulda, couldas or, or whatever, but just simply filling your mind up with, with other thoughts. Um, I really like that. So for someone though, and maybe, I don't know if this was part of uh, your story, but for someone who, um, 
you know, maybe isn't quite in, at the level of self-confidence um, that, that you're in, like, how can they start, you know, if they don't even believe that they are pretty enough or good enough or worthy enough, like, what are some things to do to start owning, owning that space? I think number one is to change how you speak to yourself. Mm. So every day when you get up and you pass that mirror, speak to yourself with a nice endearment, like, hello, sleepyhead, (laughs) or hey, gorgeous. And even though your hair is a mess and your eyes are all squinchy, let yourself, like, imagine a young child or something that comes into your bedroom in the morning and they're rubbing their eyes and you go, hello, sweetheart. That's how you need to speak to yourself all the time. That will make a huge difference because that gives the message to yourself that you feel that way about yourself. You see, no one can make you feel less than without your permission. So if you are inviting that, then that's what you're doing. You're inviting that. Hmm. Hmm. I love that. So, um, so basically what you're saying, just to make sure that I understand it's clear that, um, you know, if you believe on some level that you're ugly or not good enough, then you're basically inviting someone else to also believe. Yeah. Or whatever you're always going, if that's what you're focusing on, that's what you're focusing on. And that's what you Mm -hmm. are experiencing. So change your experience by changing the way you speak to yourself. We should always speak to ourselves the way we would speak to our most cherished loved ones, mm-hmm. our yeah. best friends, our, whether it's family members, but that's, and that is a practice. And then mm-hmm. it become then you become your own best buddy. I love that. It's so nice. So, okay. So let's keep going on with, you know, the first date or, you know, any date in an early relationship um, obviously can be really, uh, nerve wracking and our shit's probably coming up, you know, asking these very questions that we're talking about. Um, so you talk, uh, we talked a little bit offline about um, uh, um, spiritual pers- perspectives on preparing for a first date, like visualization and things like that. Can you walk us through what you mean by that? And just some tips that um, people listening can take before they go on a date. Yeah, that's great. So I want to, if, It's okay. I want to just back up a little bit because I feel that there are some other attitudinal practices that we can use to help us. One, you know, so I mentioned how we speak to ourselves. Another one is giving yourself permission to not be perfect. Perfection is a real killer because it doesn't really exist. And so you're always not going to reach it. Mm-hmm. So allow yourself to kind of bumble a little bit that no know, knowing that our bumbling is endearing. It makes us human. It makes us relatable. No one, you know, it's uncomfortable to be with someone who you feel is perfect. So yeah. allow yourself to be perfectly imperfect. And that will also give you a lot of slack in allowing, you know, yourself not to feel like the pressure to perform. So one is, so the first one, if I'm going to like recap what we talked about, is to allow yourself to be kind of inside your body. Allow yourself to feel grounded, feel, your, feel where your body parts are. Because a lot of times, you know, this happens on stage. People go out on stage and they say to me, I, I couldn't even feel my legs. I felt like I was floating out there and I was so scared. 
So it's really important to feel into your feet, feel into your legs in particular. So number two is to, before you go out on a date, look in the mirror and tell yourself how awesome you are because there's nothing hotter than feeling like you're hot. Hmm. You know, number three, like in terms of um, perspective is knowing that we are all uniquely extraordinary in our appearance. You know, we, Mm -hmm. we tend to feel like we should go towards the average, but really let's celebrate the beauty of diversity and the diversity of beauty that we are each unique and no one else is going to be just like you. And that's so special ever, ever, you know, we have our own combination of genes and culture and expression and that, Mm -hmm. you know, just wear it and, infuse it with your like own it own it own your size own your shape own your your hair your your features you know own your own radiance and that is going to be attractive I love that and I know this is going to be so helpful um, because one of the the biggest frustrations and struggles that I hear from women is that um they meet a potentially great guy and they do put them on this pedestal of being perfect because he has all of these external things that they think makes up a great potential partner. And they end up sabotaging the date or the relationship almost every single time um, because, you know, they are striving for that to be this perfect self, even though just what you just said, perfection doesn't really exist. Mm -hmm. And I haven't ever heard it phrased that way. Perfection doesn't exist. And I just, um, I, I really, really like that, that concept. Um, just like lowering everyone's, basically not lowering the bar, but just taking everyone off that pedestal, including yourself, you know, not trying to get onto that pedestal. I just, I love that so much. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, for me, it was also very freeing to know that I can, I don't know, to drop this whole idea of what we think is beautiful. Mm-hmm. and And to kind of like, shift from um, demanding a certain appearance to appreciating, you know, what we have in our bodies. Like I have this little video that I made recently about, I pick up this puppy that I was house sitting and it had spots on one side of his body, but not on the other side. Mm -hmm. And it was like, Animals don't stress over their <laughs> having spots <laughs> on one side and not on the other side, or if their nose is all wrinkly and the other, this other one has a long nose, or you know, they just don't do that. And yeah. and in fact, when we look at our animal friends, we don't do it to them either. We look at them as uniquely adorable mm-hmm. and and lovable. And so I think we need to. We could take a tip from our animal friends and how we, or from us. <laughs> how we treat our animal friends that we can treat ourselves that way. And I, I, you know, I have a blog post I wrote recently. I know that you read it, Veronica. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We're going to post that in the show notes. And, you know, I've had years, years, years of feeling so like closed in and contracted because my mother told me I needed a nose job. I have a curve, like a very Jewish you know, identified curved nose and Mm -hmm. she wanted me to fit in. And she thought, you know, you really should get a nose job and have it straightened out. And 
So, you know, decades went by with me feeling very uncomfortable with anyone, you know, knowing people were looking at me from the side. I felt extremely uncomfortable. And then I thought, wow, what a way to go through life. Yeah. You know, is this really what I'm here to do? Is this what my life is supposed to be about? To stress that someone's looking at me? And then I began to seek for clues in how to like change my perspective because other people weren't looking at me the way I was fearing them looking at me. It was all inside. And I thought, I don't, I don't want to carry that burden around. That's not how I want to experience being on this planet for however long I'm here. So Mm -hmm. I think it's worthwhile to, the sooner you can get over that, the more years ahead you have of being free of it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. How does um, the, so when you, you were self-conscious about your nose or the way that you looked, um, you know, anything like that, did you feel like that you were um, also attracting those types of people who, um, you know, like, did, did you think you were like creating your, what's the word on the card? It's like law of attraction, um, creating your own destiny or your own fate. Like, were you attracting those types of people into your life? Was that your experience? That is such an interesting question, Veronica. I never, ever, like, looked into that. But what I do know is that for years, I was attracting people that weren't loving me Hmm. the way I loved them. So I think the answer probably is yes. I was attracting people who were not available for in some way or another that, you know, I lusted after them and they kind of put up with me for a while, actually sometimes a long while, (laughs) (laughs) but then ultimately it didn't work out. Or, I mean, I also found myself with, with guys who I wasn't that thrilled with either, but then I stayed with them because they were, I felt like I needed their attention to bolster my self-esteem. Uh, yeah, story of my life, too. <laughs> yeah, so it was one or the other. I was either with guys who were bolstering my self-esteem, but I wasn't really that committed to. Mm-hmm. Or I really w- went after, but they, yeah. I remember one guy even said something about my physical appearance when he broke up with me. I went, oh, <laughs> I yeah. was about to say some kind of like nasty language here, but it was. You can cuss on the show. It's, it's okay. I was like, oh, sh- you know, oh, fuck. You know, I can't believe you said that to me. And that was really me. Yeah. <laughs> and ah, that's just what I was afraid of, you know, yeah. uh, because another one of my things was my mother told me my my teeth were unattractive because of, you know, just the way they were. And, and so I, I, cont- I was very tense in my mouth and my lips. And he was saying to me, I, I never really liked kissing you. And, you know, there's something about your mouth. And of course, you know, when he said that, I, I was so like pain because I knew I was trying to like protect. It was all from my contortions that I was going through mm-hmm. of trying to hide my teeth or not feeling like I knew how to smile naturally and um so yes absolutely Veronica you're right in law of attraction that was exactly what was happening and then Mm -hmm. after that particular um 
experience. I had a three-year hiatus from being in a relationship long-term. I dated a few times, but I kind of like, I did the law of attraction thing, actually. I wrote mm-hmm. down all the things I was looking for. I went, hey, wait, let's, let's get straight here. This is what I want. This is what I don't want. And I made a nice long list. And sure enough, I got the guy. <laughs> what was on that list? Uh, someone who loved me and I loved them too. Mm-hmm. Someone who accepted me and thought I was beautiful just the way I was. Um, someone who encouraged me to live my my life the way I wanted to and um, like didn't need me to follow them around. Mm-hmm. So like there was an e- equality of, because um, I had been with one guy who, I really did like a lot and he liked me, but he was, he was like always in charge and it was always his decision and it had to be his way. And he didn't even want me to peel a grapefruit. No, he didn't want me to cut a grapefruit in half and eat it with a spoon. It had to be peeled. And I thought, wait, this goes too far. I can't be controlled like this. You know, I want to eat my food the way I want to. So I, I felt like I needed someone who was easygoing and flexible and relaxed and, also, I mean, it went on and on. I wanted someone who could adapt to my um, ability and desires and enjoyment of camping out and roughing it, but mm-hmm. also could go to a cocktail party mm-hmm. and feel comfortable in both spaces. Mm-hmm. So, um, and someone who shared my values around money and around spirituality and all those things. I left off the list, unfortunately. Someone who wanted to like take care of the house and cleaning it up in the same way that I wanted to. And I didn't get that. (laughs) But I have to say that after being together for 29 years, it's converged and it's really exciting. And now he's the one who gets on my case about being messy. So it's great. (laughs) Um, I'm going to make sure that Stevie listens to this episode because um, he's not a clean freak by any stretch of the imagination, but I'm just, I take being messy to a whole new level. Um, And it's definitely our number one point of contention after we moved in together. And we're still uh, working through it, mostly in the form of me hiring cleaners because. Yes, that's a really good solution. That's what we did too. I took uh, my husband to therapy before we got married and this was one of the the items on the list that I wanted to deal with. And the therapist looked at us and he said, hire a house cleaner. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay. I want to, okay. Well, I want to go back to, you know, feeling in your body and confident and stuff like that. But I want to go a little bit further in this tangent only because I know of your story of how you met your husband. I just think it's a cool story. So can you share that? Oh, that's so <laughs> sweet. I love my story. So I, as I mentioned, I've been a performer for a long time and we do world music. And I got introduced to, of all things, Transylvanian village music. And it was these Hungarian guys who were visiting Boston where I lived. And some of us from our group went to learn from these guys. And three of us from the group, three gals, just like, it was like we were bitten by a mosquito or something. We just were enthralled with, I don't know, maybe it was like the attractive factor of these, this group of five guys, but we, we started to become groupies and we, I was learning bass, uh, stand up bass at the time. And I 
was studying with this guy and someone else was a violinist and someone else with viola. And so we were studying with these guys while they were over here. And then they came back and we followed them to California to a camp. And then we followed them back to Hungary and uh, followed them all over Hungary for like six weeks. It was so funny. We were quite a scene. And there, today, you know, 30 years later, I can see run into some of those people that knew me then and they recognize me. It's the funniest thing. Oh, so anyway, funny. so I went to Hungary. I thought, wow, I love the guys here. They are so wild and expressive, maybe a little cra- too crazy, but I really liked it. They were, it was kind of like as inhibited as I was feeling inside myself. They showed me a, a joie de vivre, uh, you know, a, mm like how to like really let loose and Mm -hmm. in dance and in music and laughter and just having fun. And the other thing, uh, just as a side note, I, I, cause I was thinking about this uh, coming on the show that there was something about the women in Hungary too, that really struck me that no matter what their size or shape or age, they looked like they knew they were gorgeous. They -hmm. just walked around exuding this energy of, of course, I'm attractive. Of course, I'm hot. And I remember like going, huh, wow, look at them. You know, I was kind of a little hunched over, you know, my shoulders forward. I didn't want anyone to see my breasts and, or, you know, mm-hmm. attract attention to my breasts. I mean, now these days it's totally different with young kids. <laughs> But at that mm-hmm. time, it was kind of an issue for me. And they just stood up so straight and so like um, full of themselves in a positive way that I, I that image was one of the images that really helped me to transform my experience. So back to the guys. So <laughs> I thought, OK, I love the guys here there and the gals. And but I don't want to be in a relationship with someone 3000 miles away. Because that would not fit into my my list. I mean, we yeah, need to yeah. be on the same path. I want to meet a Hungarian in the U.S. So a couple months later, I heard from a Hungarian friend who lived in my town that my bass teacher had a cousin who just emigrated to the U.S. And I had kind of a little crush on my bass teacher, but he was in a relationship and I respected that. So, but I thought, hmm, his cousin is here. I wonder if that's my guy. So I said to this woman, well, you know, if you see him, you know, invite me over. I'd love to meet him. So months go by and I, you know, I ran into her a few times and I said, has this guy come visited you again? And she said, oh yeah, he's been here a few times. And I got the message that she didn't want me to meet him for whatever reason. She was married, but for whatever reason, she didn't want me to meet him. Mm-hmm. But then um, she was looking for someone to paint her house on the inside. And my next door neighbor, who was a good friend of mine, was a painter. And so I hooked them up and my next door neighbor came home one day after painting and said, I had the cutest Hungarian helper. And I said, oh my God, I wonder if that's my bass teacher's cousin. <laughs> Can you ask him if he's, you know, Gaze's cousin? And if he is... Invite him over for dinner. So she comes home that night and she says, okay, he's coming on Thursday. And, you know, he had, he just, he had no idea what was going on. He had no idea that for months I was thinking about him. (laughs) (laughs) He just, you know, got a ride over to this woman's house who invited him for dinner and said, oh, I'm inviting my neighbor. 
And I took one look at him. He was wearing a, like a homemade knit sweater that I recognize as, I'm sure a girlfriend knit that for him (laughs) because (laughs) I've knit sweaters for boyfriends before. And, uh, I thought, yeah, I like that. And he was pretty cute. And he didn't take his eyes off me the whole meal. I would be eating. I'd look up and he'd be staring right at me, which really unnerved me. And I invited him over to next door to my house that night. And that was it. That was it. That that was 29 years ago. Wow. I love that story. And it's funny because if you ask him, how did you meet Linda? And he said, oh, I was just invited over to, you know, this woman's house and I met her there. He does. He, does, he still doesn't know you're plotting to meet him for months. Oh, of course he does. Oh, still yeah. not his story. Yeah. He said, but ask Linda about her story because it goes on and on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. So, um, okay, just one more question then. So, um, when you met him, like, where were you in terms of your self confidence and how you looked and felt in your body? Well, I truthfully, I was still. I was still very uncomfortable. I remember feeling um, like I wanted to hide certain parts of myself. He had zero problem with me. I mean, it was clear he just, you know, he could love every single inch of me, but Mm -hmm. I had moles on my body that my mom had also wanted me to remove and I didn't want him to see them. And, um, you know, I wanted to be in the dark at first. And then, you know, gradually I started to trust Mm-hmm. him more and I was also making my own internal changes so over time it's changed mm-hmm. it, but it, it did take it took I mean that was 30 years ago and I would say that it wasn't until the last hmm, probably the last 15 years 15 to 20 I mean it took it took about five ten years for me to like really become used to it because all these concepts that I'm talking to you about today, I didn't know them then. Yeah. I picked things up along the way and it was pretty gradual, you know, learning to love my body, appreciate my body. Louise Hay, if uh, Hayes, if anyone mm-hmm. ever picks up, I love my body book. Fabulous. That's where I started. I'll link to that in the show notes for uh, everyone listening. Yeah. It's an old book. It's a goodie, oldie book goodie. And it's the basis, I think, for a lot of the self-love movement. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I have, I've, I've, I'm familiar with Louise Hay, and I've read her book. Um, I have somewhere around here. I love my, oh, You Can Heal Your Life. That's right. Yes. Um, yes. But I haven't read that one yet. So uh, that will also go on to my long yeah. list of books to read. Um, so, Ver- Veronica, was there something that you asked me earlier that I didn't get to about going on a date? Or did, I, did we cover it all? Um. Well, let's, let's, yeah, let's go back to that. So I remember though on your, the blog post, and we're going to link that up in the show notes as well. I think there was five things you said about um, learning to love the way you look and just feeling more comfortable in your body. And so I don't want to put you on the spot in case you don't have that blog post up, but um, we've gone over um, three. So I don't know if these are the same three that were on the post. um, Because I, I, I can't recall off the top of my head. Yeah, actually some of them. Yeah. So the one was change how you speak to yourself. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Give yourself permission to not be perfect. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Give appreciation. So that's what I was talking about with Louise Hay to really love and appreciate all the parts of yourself for, Mm -hmm. you know, for the function. I mean, like, for instance, my nose. Okay. So it's curved, but that's part of 
what makes me unique, number one. But number two, I can breathe through my nose. Mm -hmm. I love breathing through my nose. It feels so good. I'm grateful for every breath I take. Yeah. So and that my nose also humidifies and filters, you know, dust particles and whatever and keeps my my body, you know, nurtured moment to moment, really. So like so that's what I mean about that. So then the two that um, I didn't cover is about forgiving yourself, others and life. So what I mean by this is a lot of times we may feel uncomfortable with our appearance because of things that people said, like the nasty things my mother said to me, Un- you know, she had her good intentions. I'm sure she didn't, she was just unconscious. Right. And, but a lot of people are like that, or they mm-hmm. may be intentionally mean too. So the idea is number one, to forgive them. And that doesn't mean that you have to tell them to tell them that you're forgiving them, but that you're letting go of that and to find a forgiveness practice to let it go. So you're not carrying it around because you know what? They forgot about it years ago. You're the one who's still carrying it around. So find a way to let go of that. And also, even though they might've said something a long time ago, you are probably continuing to say it to yourself. And Mm. even though you're changing how you speak to yourself, I hope, and I expect (laughs) you also need to forgive yourself for not being kind to yourself up to this point. So saying, I I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I really, I was, I was wanting to protect you. I was fearful but I am sorry. I know that that was not helpful to you. And I, I love you. Please forgive me. So whatever you, there are lots of different kinds of forgiveness practice. You can just make up your own mm-hmm. or you can look up forgiveness, Google forgiveness, how to forgive yourself. And yeah, yeah. There's some practices out there. I can put that yeah. in the show notes as well. And then the last one is um, to focus on what you are here meant to be doing here with your life. So to kind of like, just as I alluded to before that, I realized that I, my life wasn't meant to be caught up in worrying about how I looked. I mean, I, that just was not a big enough reason for me to be here mm-hmm. on earth. It's my, I mean, some of it is very, you know, pedantic and ordinary to kind of like feed myself well and enjoy my friends and family. And I also feel like I have another kind of a purpose, which is to have an impact in like just what we're talking about today, helping people to let go of their, the burdens that hold themselves back and also to feel more comfortable and relaxed in their bodies so they can fully enjoy themselves. Like being in our bodies and experiencing life is a huge pleasure. And when you, as we learn to like experience ourselves in a visceral, physical way, we, we become more attuned to this like interesting and pleasurable cascade of chemicals that go through us, which, you know, happens a lot on dates, you know, cause we have all these floods of hormones that go through us and enjoying them and feeling them and, Let it be a pleasure and go, wow, I love how this feels, you know, and let me ride that wave of this feeling. And not that you have to chase after it, but just to enjoy it as it comes. And then also that you have ways that you can 
cultivate. So that's going off a little bit on the tangent, but when you focus on what you are meant to be doing, you feel like you're plugged in to something that is meaningful and mm-hmm. drives you forward. Yeah. I love that. And, and a lot of um, women I work with actually in some ways resist um, the feelings of when they actually like somebody because they think that, you know, they're just setting themselves up for, you know, getting rejected or just setting themselves up for a future heartbreak. And, um, and yeah, I mean, it could totally happen. There's no guarantees in life ever. Um, but I love just being able just to enjoy the feeling and just be in the moment um, and just and, and write it out, just like what you said. Yeah, like, oh, I love this feeling. I love <laughs> feeling turned on. Ooh, it's great. <laughs> and, you know, and to and that's also the appreciation that you can have for someone, whether or not it works out. But thank you for, you know, help, you know, helping to trigger this incredible hormonal cascade inside that feels so good. Yeah. And it's only when we attach meaning to that, that we get hung up, you Mm. know, oh, what does this mean? Is it going to last? Is it going to work out? That's all about future. Yeah. I'm sure you talk about that. Yeah. 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 And um, I'll just throw in, throw in here. Um, um, I'm totally getting a brain fart, brain fog. Let's keep going, and then I will hopefully remember it. Um, okay, so I want to go into shift a little bit before we close out, but anything else about just feeling confident in the way you look, um, being in your body that you feel like we haven't really gone into yet? Well, one of the things that I think is helpful is, we. oh, I know what you talked about before, Veronica. It was about visualization. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so, and that's ties into what I wanted to say is that we expect to be able to quote unquote perform, which maybe a date is kind of like that. Anytime we're encountering somebody, it is, Mm -hmm. I guess, we're presenting ourselves. We expect to be able to be at our best, to be at our most relaxed, to be at our most natural. But the truth is that when the stakes may feel high, Mm -hmm. And you don't really know what it feels like to be relaxed, to feel natural, to be grounded, that it's a crapshoot whether or not it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. So what I suggest is that people practice being relaxed. And one of the things, the re, I have a weekly relaxation audio mm-hmm. that anyone can join up for. And then I post like a month's worth on a website that people have access to. And the reason, yeah, please link to that. And the reason I do that is because the more that you feel what relaxation is like, then when you're in a high stake environment, which is maybe pressing broadcast or, you know, on a live stream or record on the video or being in front of an audience or on a date, you know what relaxation feels like and you can just drop into it. And then you can relax into that. You feel much more relaxed. So in Mm. terms of visualization, what you can do is once you're in a relaxed state, you don't even have to do mine. You can go on YouTube and just um, type in relaxation, meditation or something like that. But once you're in a place of relaxation, then allow yourself in your mind to see yourself going through the motions of going on that first date 
feeling, envisioning yourself, feeling relaxed, feeling natural, feeling happy inside yourself, feeling confident, all those things, but in the kind of field of relaxation. And this is what athletes do, right? This is what Olympic athletes do, performers do. I mean, this is, you know, so go on your date like an Olympic athlete, you know? (laughs) Practice your visualization. Uh, And it doesn't have to be long. It doesn't have to be for days. It can be brief. mm -hmm. And also to open yourself up. I, you know, this is the spiritual side in me. I open myself up to the universe or to guidance and say, allow this to be, you know, the most that it can be or to bring me the greatest joy or to be the most authentic or whatever it is that your intention is. Invite the, I don't know, the flow of the universe to kind of be on your side, you know, to help, you know, like before I go on a podcast, I open myself up and I say, please help me to to articulate in a way that the people who are listening will get something of value. So on a date, you might say, please help me to bring myself to this so that I may enjoy this evening and be open to whatever it has or to be open to the gifts that this relationship for this evening has and and to kind of surrender to whatever is meant to be. I I totally love that. And that also reminds me what I was going to say earlier when I had brain fart um and that is you know we do attach and I did this um for years as well like putting attachment onto and this is part of what makes us so nervous and unable to relax I think is putting attachment like is this person my future husband or partner or whatever it is that you're looking for rather than just um I mean of course just like enjoying the date and enjoying the person for who um, for who he is, but also just allowing each person to, and each date to be a learning experience, to be an opportunity for growth. Cause I was just watching a Ted talk earlier and they quoted Bill Nye, like everyone has something to teach you. Um, and I think just coming into that space, just kind of takes some of the pressure off. Cause I think there's a I lot of pressure that. on ourselves for like, Oh, I got to make sure he's like on, you know, checks off like the list that he is X height and X job and all these things. <laughs> yeah. But to see like every encounter as mm-hmm. a teacher. Yeah. Yeah. That's beautiful. I love that. And you know, like coming back to the relaxation, when you allow your body to feel relaxed, you are also much more in tune with your intuition and your mm-hmm. awareness to say, you know what? This guy was great. I really enjoyed this thing. Mm, not really. Yeah. Not for me mm-hmm. or, you know, maybe, but, you know, when you are relaxed, you're, you've got much more cognitive perception. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And this, and this is actually just something I taught inside um, to my uh, dating mindset boot campers about, you know, tapping into this intuition and how to access it, how to use it on dates. So I love this because it just ties in so well. Cool. Um, okay. So before I let you go, I want to, pivot just a little bit only because I know this is definitely not my area of expertise, but um, definitely something that I've had to learn. And I know that um, the, my clients, the one in my community want to get better at. And that is just knowing what to say, conversation starters. So just a little bit of a backstory. So I can get up and teach a yoga class. I can, te- I can talk on a podcast. I can um, 
teach a fitness class, get up and talk about whatever I'm teaching and like teaching is fine. But, and, but then I always used to say that I'm teaching is fine. And then for me, put me in a room where I have to like network or socialize, like and my anxiety is going to go through the roof. Um, but then I was thinking about it and I real and I remembered and I forgot cause I just, you know, I just wasn't thinking about it. But when I started teaching fitness classes almost 10 years ago now, I got really, really, really nervous before I would teach. And I f- totally forgot that I used to get that nervous about teaching. <laughs> um, and I realized that I don't feel nervous about teaching, even if it's in front of 500 people, because I've been doing it and it's a skill that I've learned. Mm-hmm. Um, and that just made me realize like, this is just simply a skill to learn. Um, and it's totally learnable. Like, and just like any other skill, some people are going to have more of a natural ability than others, but just because you're bad at like socializing or going to a happy hour, then it's, it's just a skill. So, and I know you're skilled at this. <laughs> um, what are some, you know, tips, conversation starters, things that you, um, that you do, or that would be helpful for someone who, um, you know, doesn't necessarily want to date online, but even if they, even if they are dating online, just want to meet people at networking events or happy hours or meetups. Like what are some, what are some of your best, what's the best you got? <laughs> <laughs> okay. So I, I can't say that I've been to, um, meetups for this purpose because I don't think meetups existed when I was on the dating. Oh, yeah. So, um, but I do go to a lot of conferences mm-hmm. and, and yeah, same, same uh, idea. Yeah. It's the same kind of idea. Yeah. So what I like to do is kind of start with what is obvious, which is like, um, you know, Hey, what's your name? Have you been to something like this before? Is this your first time? Where do you come from? So it's kind of like, just like starting from, you know, just standing next to somebody. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and so like, let's say it's, I, I don't know what these events are like, but I know what like a, a reach, um, a conference would be like, uh-huh. you know, there are people milling around and some people are talking and some people are by themselves. And, I generally, you know, like to start with someone who's right near me, happens Mm -hmm. to be right near me and, um, you know, say, hi, how are you doing? How's it going? Or something like that. And then, you know, where are you from? Um, What I, I, I mean, sometimes I say, you know, what do you do? But I like to personally like to go outside the box a little bit. Mm -hmm. And I like to say things, what do you like to do for fun? Hmm. Or um, do you have any tips for these kinds of events? <laughs> hmm. Or um, are is there anyone? Are you by yourself, or do you know people here? Oh, that's a good one. Um, let me think. What else? If there, I mean, usually I'm at an event where there is a another focus. Mm -hmm. So a big thing for me is what did you think of that? What did you Mm -hmm. think of that speaker? Or what are you looking forward to today? Or what, what did you, which uh, breakout session did you go to? What did, what did you think of it? So a lot of, of uh, my liners are, have to do with, with the content of the, of the time spent there. But if you're just, if it's just like a, a social hour, you don't have that same kind of thing, but it could be, what are you drinking? <laughs> yeah. Or, um, 
was it a long day today? You know, just kind of be friendly, you know, you know, did you just get out of work? You know, what do you do? And tell me about it. Um, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I have to like think more deeply. I mean, as I yeah. said, most of my experiences when the, there is an other focus. Mm-hmm. And so there, a lot of the questions would be derived from that. But I do have another um, piece that I have talked about at networking events is that is a lot of times people are in groups and like, how do you get into groups? Yeah. And, um, it may be, especially if you've already talked one-on-one to someone and then you see them in a group, mm-hmm. it's kind of like a little bit of an entranceway for you to just kind of like mosey over and stand a little bit behind and just be present and listen in. And very often, you know, you'll get a feel if people open up in terms of their, you know, body language and yeah. they make space for you and you can kind of enter in or someone might turn to you and say something. So it's nice. Um, it's worthwhile. I mean, I generally, as I said, I start with someone who's next to me. The next thing I probably do is glance around the room and see who's by themselves mm-hmm. and say, hey, you know, how you're doing? You know, just say, hey, yeah. how you're doing? And then I also would <clears throat> look at people who are, group together and, and just challenge myself to, to see if there's a way to, I'm getting a book idea for you guys, um, how to like, just see if I can penetrate or fuse into a a group conversation. Mm -hmm. So the, the book idea is called Rejection Proof and it's by a guy named Jia Jang. And I love, love. Oh, I've seen his video. Yes, he has it. He has a couple of TED Talks. Really, really interesting. And when I read this book, it totally changed the game for me Uh in terms of how I look at rejection. And I think it would be an awesome resource for your, your. um, I didn't know there was a book. Yeah, I love that video. It's Um, a funny, funny book. It's a great read aloud book. Oh, good. Um, And just so everyone on the same page so I don't, how do you say his name judge i think it's ja j-i-a jang j-i-a-n-g and okay. he's from beijing he came over here as uh, um to go to school so just to i mean i watched the video almost a year ago so it's not quite fresh in my mind but um basically what he does is he just thinks of these crazy things that he's going to ask people because he's not doing well in his business because he's not doing very well with rejection And so he makes a list of these like just insane things he's going to ask of people so he can practice being rejected. Um, And I can't remember the, some of the things like he went to us like a a stranger's house and was like, Hey, can I play soccer in your backyard? I mean, like really like obscure things. And um, again, a practice on practice on getting rejected and and he didn't get rejected. I don't think for any of the things that he, he um, asked for. So um, he actually, he, no, it was a, definitely a mix. He got, oh, got a mix. Okay. okay. Definitely got a, a mix. And what's interesting about the book is that he, he really learns about what goes in to these, what we call rejection. What is it really about? Mm-hmm. And how do we like change, tip the scales? Mm-hmm. And how do we also just realize it's a numbers game? Uh, so yeah, what, I what I mean by that is that you know, if you ask 10 people the same thing, you're going to get a breakdown 
of different responses. Yeah. So it's not about you entirely. It's only partially about you. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, whether it depends where other people are at. Yeah. Yeah. But the other thing he learned, which is fantastic, is that if you don't ask, you'll never know. And because he got experiences, he got to have experiences that he would never, ever, ever even thought of getting because he had the courage to ask, expecting and even anticipating rejection. So it, I, it's a fascinating book. And I think it has a lot to teach all of us. Awesome. I love that. Definitely put that one in the, in the show notes. Um, yeah. And this is definitely still a skill that I'm working on. I took an improv class probably five years ago, um, which was really um, just a good experience for me just to learn to how to be a little bit more conversational, think of things on the fly, because it is a skill. Um, and it's just, and it just really takes practice at the end of the day. I yep. think. Um, okay. So I didn't tell you, well, first of all, um, let the listeners know how um, they can find you online. Okay. So my website is Linda Ugolo. That's U-G-E-L-O-W, but it'll be in the show notes.com. Mm-hmm. And that's my handle for all social media as well. Cool. And um, and I will put up the link for the relaxation weekly audios that I I send out. Cool. Awesome. And then um, the part that I forgot to tell you before we were talking, um, the question I ask all of my guests, it's not a hard question, um, is what is your favorite way to treat yourself? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you, you mean like like as a celebration after working hard or uh, just what however it shows up I mean I talk a lot to my clients about dating themselves treating themselves the way they want to be treated and that means different things different people so um when you're just when you want to treat yourself when you want to whether it's after you know a hard thing that you've just accomplished or if it's just a daily thing you do whatever it is Well, I'm going to pick something that is not a daily thing, but I'm lusting after at the moment, which is to get a massage. (laughs) And uh, it's something that at one time in my life I did more regularly and uh, for various reasons. It's not something that I do now, but I'm kind of like, it's coming up in my future. I'm getting ready for that. So that's going to be a big treat. Nice. But I do try to treat myself well throughout the day. Good. Love it. Awesome. All right. Well, thank you so much, Linda. This was um, a really, really wonderful conversation and so many gems of wisdom and goodness that I know that, I mean, I learned a lot and I know that my listeners are going to love and learn a lot as well. So thank you so much. Thank you so much, Veronica. Thank you for listening to Date Yourself Radio. I love hearing from you, so please post your comments or questions at veronicagrant.com forward slash podcast. That's also the place you can sign up to receive free coaching with me in an upcoming episode or submit your question. And if you love this show, please share it and subscribe to it in iTunes. I would also be so grateful if you left a review since that helps me share the power of dating yourself with more women. You can find all my social media handles and sign up to be a part of my community at veronicagrant.com. Until next week, here's to treating yourself the way you want to be treated. Much love and happy dating.
softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.